Last night, while I was eating supper, I looked out my front window and I saw a turkey on my front yard. It feels more like the apocalypse when there is a turkey on your front yard in the middle of the city. We live in a world that is transformed by our lack of activity. And some of these moments are surprising in their strange beauty. It's Palm Sunday, that fleeting moment in the story of Jesus where it seems like his campaign of love might just transform the structures of power in first century Jerusalem. Jesus has held big rallies like the Sermon on the Mount. He is engaging in vigorous debates with the Pharisees, the temple merchants, and his closest followers. His movement has been growing, increasing in power and relevance. And even in this entry to Jerusalem, he has kept his message on brand. He doesn't enter the city in a chariot paid for by one of his wealthy supporters. There's no escort of Roman guards. Jesus enters on a donkey, showing his working class credentials and connections. And he enters to crowds of people celebrating his arrival. Partly because I have spent most of my life as an optimist, and partly because I have never been able to entirely center my faith on Christ's crucifixion, I have always looked at this moment in a particular way, full of possibility. I believe that Christ's way of love will, in the end, be the way that all of us live our lives. I follow Jesus not just because of the way that this message transforms my life now, but also because I believe that the way that we live our life together in heaven or at the end of time or in the mind of God will follow Christ's way of love. So thinking of Jesus as my leader in both the spiritual sense but also in the civic and political sense, is not just aspirational. It's also a concrete certainty that will be realized, even if not in my lifetime. I have then looked at Palm Sunday as a moment where this certainty seems like it might catch on in the actual civic life of a city 2,000 years ago. I wish that Jerusalem would have caught this in full, and that the week would have led to Jesus slowly becoming more influential with the city leaders listening to his ideas rather than trumping up charges and crucifying him. How different our world might be if we could have listened. That's the way I usually look at Palm Sunday, but there is another way of looking at Palm Sunday that also feels relevant to me this year. In this mode, if I imagine myself walking behind Jesus, I see not just the throngs of people cheering his arrival, but also the doubting looks of the powerful, the counter-protesters, the people gawking at the spectacle, leaving, going home to tell their families, their communities, their leaders, that Jesus is an imminent danger to the life of the city, the state, the nation. These people are committed to a different view of the world, of what it will be and what it is now. It is easier for me to imagine Palm Sunday this way, this year, 
as the stark political differences in this country take a kind of concrete shape in our responses to Corona time, this new name that I'm hearing for the current state of our strange world. The postmodern world that we inhabit has long recognized that we do not all share exactly the same worldview. When this is a debate between creation and evolution, or about the size of government, or about how great America is, it matters. These large ideological divides shape the real lives of people living in our cities and towns. But when these worldviews are about whether or not the pandemic is real, or will be over by Easter, or whether or not to build more ventilators, or the urgency to reopen the economy, or to provide medical equipment, we realize that these divisions are not just about ideology. They are about the nature of reality itself. To say it's like we are arguing about whether or not gravity exists is a metaphor, but it's not a metaphor that strains credibility. When national leaders that are elected say that elderly people would be willing to die to strengthen the economy, we realize that the kind of capitalism we are entrenched in expects our death, quite literally. I could continue down this path linking white supremacy to the prevalence of southern states without effective pandemic responses. It's part of Jesus' good news to call out ineffective leadership. And since Republican Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio has been the most reliably capable leader in our country over the last few weeks, it's not necessarily even a partisan endeavor to focus on good and bad leadership in Corona time. And more than ever, in a time like this, leadership matters. We need different leadership than we have right now. But approval rates aren't shifting. We live in different worlds. But Jesus isn't necessarily a particularly good leader in this kind of context. A good leader unifies and finds ways to shift policy and action in practical and attainable ways that extend society's care towards the greatest number of people. Jesus might not be a good leader, but he is a great visionary. He envisions a different world beyond the practical and attainable. He is that cornerstone which is available to society once the work of the builders and the leaders is over. Especially in a time of pandemic, we probably don't want Jesus for president. And we have seen this in some of the stark ways that some religious leaders have engaged in irresponsible behavior. We want someone to lead us who will balance the use of government to constrain our activity with curfews and lockdowns and stay at home orders. Balance this with the use of government to guarantee the vibrancy of our health system with ramped up testing and medical equipment production. And even the use of government to incentivize our economy through payroll protection, cash support and business concessions. We want consistent caring messaging from our leaders. We want hope. There are few places in Western history where good government comes alongside Jesus' message. 
the promise of Palm Sunday is pretty much entirely unrealized. But I enjoy thinking about what could have been different. And this is also a responsible Christian approach. Christians think eschatologically. That is, we think about what is happening in the now, and we think about what is not yet true. And we imagine all the steps along the way from what is already happening to what is not yet fully realized. So let's return for a moment to the possibility that we were able to listen to Jesus at the same time that we were shouting Hosanna. In the imagination of a world that really listened to Jesus, there might not be any crucifixion. What would our religion be like without the cross? Perhaps the branch would become our central symbol. The branch would represent that moment when we stopped asking silly questions of Jesus and started trying to follow him. Perhaps the branch would be a symbol of different ways of life seeking to join together, while realized that they reached out in different directions. The main divisions in Jesus' day in Judaism were between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, a division between common people and the elite, between law and ritual, between belief in the afterlife or not. These ways of life opposed each other, but came together to oppose Jesus. What if instead they sought to branch out in their own directions? What if they accepted each other and accepted the need to change, to live more fully into God's truth? Another significant division in Jerusalem would have been between the representatives of Roman control and the seat of local Jewish power? What if both sought to enliven civic life, branching out with attention and efficiency and authenticity? If Jerusalem had been able to pause back then and welcome Jesus and welcome each other, could they have lived into this symbol of the branch? How different would our history be if our primary symbol were one of coming together and then branching apart? I realize that this is a very shalom version of Palm Sunday. We value the creative tension and the strength that results from sharing differences in beliefs within the community. And we are committed to pilgrimage peacefully, simply together. But this commitment to come together and be different is one of the things that I value most deeply about Shalom. And one of the things that our world most desperately needs right now. We need to live in a city guarded by gates of justice, where the upright go into the day that God has made, where we are looking for victory and light together. In this pause, we can think of some of the ways that this, are, that this is happening. People all around the world are engaged in some of the same activities. 
we also need to think actively about the ways that we can care for each other. I think Mary is going to share some more in our sharing time about some of the ways that Shalom can connect to our community. But for now, I want to introduce a new fund at Shalom that the Congregational Life Committee developed in our meeting this week. There's also an announcement of it in your bulletin. As we watch the heavy economic consequences of coronavirus, CLC realized that we didn't have a mutual aid fund in our community, a way for those with a little more to set aside funds for those who don't have quite enough. So we're creating the Mustard Seed Fund. This is an off-budget account managed by the Finance Committee and dispersed by now for the pastors and CLC, where anyone can contribute and anyone can request funds. The number of mustard seed gifts will be, will be reported annually. We'll know how much is there, but all gifts will be anonymous. Gifts can be designated to the mustard seed fund um, on, on your check and then sent along to Ben, Red, ben Friedline at the address he sent out last week. For now, reach out to the pastors if you have a need or know someone in need. We've called this the Mustard Seed Fund because when it comes to money, we like the imagery of something small becoming something big. We also like the idea that the mustard seed can become something that can welcome the birds of the air into its branches, caring not just for itself, but whoever might choose to take up lodging there. Since we are starting this fund during the very strange journey of Lent 2020, we like that it is tied to some kind of food. And we like it that a mustard seed plant is something with branches that can symbolize how we all come together rather than live apart. Amen. <laughs>